Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. We're the Healing Trio, here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And and let's let's start rebranding your wellness journey. It's Elizabeth, and I've got a really important and free 10-day video series that I want to tell you about. It's called Informed, Diet Culture Truth Bombs You Need to Know Before Changing a Thing About Your Eating in January. Every year, I see the same flashy and misleading diet culture marketing preying on people's insecurities as we head into the new year. I see well-meaning eaters falling into the same restrictive food traps again and again, jumping into programs and approaches that not only don't solve, but actually worsen their eating struggles and relationship with food in their bodies. And I think, if only they could know some key facts about dieting, food restriction, and what is and isn't likely to work when it comes to supporting their eating, health, and well-being before committing to a single change. Well, now you can. In a 10-day series of short, I'm talking five minutes or less videos, I'll be pulling back the curtain on the most important information you need to know to make a fully informed decision about how to best approach your eating, health, and well-being in 2024. Just visit my Health and Healing with Intuitive Eating community on Facebook or send me an email at livehealthy at Elizabeth Harris Nutrition to join. The link to my email will be in the show notes. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. I'm Tara, and I'm here with Maria and Elizabeth, and today we are talking about gentle nutrition. So Elizabeth, tell us, what does nutrition look like when we talk about it without diet culture involved? Oh, that is the question, right? That is. Why is it so hard to talk about nutrition without diet culture? Because it's wrapped up in everything we do. (laughs) Yes, that. comes from everywhere. Yeah. So um, in intuitive eating, we call we call it gentle nutrition. And I always think whenever I'm sharing about this, that um, like to the average person, that probably doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah, like, I agree. What, what the heck is gentle nutrition? You've probably never heard of it. So I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. When you brought it up today. I was like, gentle nutrition. I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gentle. Yeah. yeah. I like it, gentle. Sounds, it sounds lovely. Um, so basically, that's it comes straight from the intuitive eating book. It's the 10th principle called gentle nutrition. But I think of it as like nutrition without the diet culture. And love that. What what I wanted to talk about today are, are two things. What are the characteristics of non-diety nutrition? In other words, like how do you know if you have a good nutrition, like a sound nutrition plan or not? If it's... Um, if it's helpful versus harmful. And then also how, if you are on the intuitive eating journey, how do you know if you're ready for gentle nutrition? Because one of the things we talk about a lot in intuitive eating is there's 10 principles. They don't necessarily go in order. In other words, you don't have to work through them sequentially in order. But the first one is dropping out of diet culture. I can't think of the exact name for it at the moment. Forgive me. I don't know why. And the last one is gentle nutrition. And 
then there's, you know, eight other principles in between. We do tend to save gentle nutrition for last. And I'm sure people who have listened to other episodes on intuitive eating on the podcast have heard me talk about it. But the reason why is because if you haven't done the work of healing your relationship with food and you just jump in with nutrition, most people who are stuck in a in a diet culture mindset are going to are going to look at that as another set of dieting diet culture rules instead of helpful sound nutrition guidance that That makes makes so much sense Mm -hmm. because when we've talked about intuitive eating in the past i know i have gotten caught up in like the honeymoon phase of it where it's just eat what you want Mm -hmm. and don't worry about anything and i've always thought like well how can this be healthy (laughs) like what if what i actually want is like you know cake all day Right. You know, like there's got to be more to it. So I'm really excited to learn what what you're going to teach us today. Yeah. And thank you for saying that, because I think it is something that a lot of people don't understand, particularly if they see or hear about intuitive eating on social media, where they see people eating cookies or donuts and talking about intuitive eating. And if you just eat whatever you want, full stop, that's not intuitive eating, because intuitive eating is listening to your body's hunger and fullness cues and paying attention to how you want to support your health through food as well. How foods make you feel after you eat them. Right, right. And if you're just not paying attention to that, you're not really intuitive eating. You are very much stuck in the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, so there are one, two, three, four, five. I put six characteristics of a gentle or sound nutrition program, however you want to look at it. So the first one is that it should be flexible. And if you think about how we approach food through the lens of diet culture a lot, there's not a lot of flexibility, right? Eat the good foods, not the quote-unquote bad foods or eat this many calories no matter what or or do not ever eat right Mm -hmm. or follow these rules and you're doing it right there's no flexibility with that right and the reason why that isn't helpful is well what if you're going to a restaurant and Mm -hmm. you can't follow those rules or what if you do want something that's not on the plan quote-unquote plan or you know, what if it's the holidays and your eating is shifting or you're on vacation? Or what if you frankly just don't feel like eating the foods on your approved mm-hmm, meal plan? Mm-hmm. Love flexibility. Well, I need it. I mean, because yeah. by the way, it makes me the first thing that comes to my mind is anxiety from my end. Uh-huh. Lack of flexibility can contribute with a lot of anxiety. Yes. Absolutely. And if it's not flexible, if it's so rigid that it has to fit in this very specific Mm -hmm. um, right, wrong box, it's not going to be sustainable. And it sets you up for failure because if it's not sustainable, how many times are you going to be like, oh, there I am, I messed up again and then then again. And and that's that's when the punishing, Mm -hmm. Mm self-punishing of all this comes in. Right. And then consistency is the secret there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're either doing it right or wrong and if you're doing it wrong it probably triggers Mm -hmm. this downward shame Mm -hmm. and behavioral spiral so number one it's flexible uh second one is it's inclusive and and it emphasizes variety so if you think about how we tend to hear people talking about nutrition and healthy eating out in the world it's always about what not to do right don't do this. Don't eat that. Never get this thing. It's, so, uh, you know, cut out this, eliminate that, avoid that. It's so exclusive. It's all about excluding things. 
gentle nutrition and sustainable nutrition is really about, I think, including things um, and say, variety. Yes, I'm so tired of that. Mm-hmm. It's that, fear-mongering. It's like everywhere in social media is like, uh, 10 things you should stop doing right now in, in whatever topic. It could uh, be nutrition, uh-huh, yeah. it could be mental health, it could be 10 things you or 5 things you should never do to your kids. 3 things that you should get out of your life right now. It's like, come on, can we? Okay, like it, it feels very mm-hmm. imprisonment, if that's even a word, right? Like it's just focusing on what is what I'm doing wrong and let me focus on that, if it's even true, because many of these advice. <laughs> right, good here. point. Right. That's so actually one of the you. things I love about listening to Elizabeth talk about intuitive eating is it's all about addition. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Did you peek at my notes? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> that I've is, just been learning from you. <laughs> I love it. That is the next, the next characteristic or quality is that it focuses on foods to add uh-huh. to your plate. You can... Think about what you want. Like I'll use my dinner last night as an example. I made these really, really yummy chicken and sweet potato and black bean taco mixture. And then it was supposed to go on, on top of tortilla chips with cheese for kind of like chicken and sweet potato nachos. But I added arugula and I added tomatoes and I added avocado. That's a great way to get some nutrient density into it without having to stress about the fact that I'm eating tortilla chips mm-hmm. for dinner. And I really think it's important to emphasize, you know, I do a lot of nutrition therapy in my line of work with clients, people who have specific uh, medical conditions that requires a certain type of nutrition therapy. But even if you have, you know, if you have heart disease or diabetes or any blood, high blood pressure, anything like that, that you're trying to in part help manage through food, we can still look at it through the lens of addition most of the time. And the beauty of it is not only is it way more fun and enjoyable, but a lot of times you don't even have to so purposefully focus on the thing not to eat if you crowd it out with the things to eat. Yes, I was just going to say that. It's like by the time you get done eating all the like good stuff, you know, the yummy stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, is there room for the extras? Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe there's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Often there won't be. And if there and is, if there is, good. Enjoy yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was the third characteristic. The next one is pleasure. Do you ever hear anyone in diet culture talk about how you should enjoy your food? Never. No. It's this food very is fuel. Well, food is That's fuel. Like the best yes. thing, right? I have such a, a love hate feeling about that because it I do too, is fuel. It's not just fuel. Well, it's not just fuel, and so I hate boiling it down to that and yeah. the sort of guilt and anxiety that mm-hmm. that can induce. But it also is energy for your body, and so so often I see people trying not to eat and they're not eating enough and they're not getting the energy for their body that they need and they're wondering why they're so tired all the time why they have no energy or motivation and you know often eating more is the solution so I have kind of like a I see it at the gym all the time with like the you know bodybuilder dude bros eating their little Tupperware of boiled chicken and plain white rice you know and it's like they're forcing it in it's clearly not enjoyable for them Mm -hmm. but they have to eat it to hit their macros for the day you know otherwise they won't get the gains right and it's like 
I'm like, come on, what are we doing? Could yeah. you not find something with similar macros that's delicious? Right. You mm -hmm. have to rely on boiled chicken. It makes me think there's a celebrity out there that she always talks about no pain, no cake. That she says that she, for her to have her cake, she has to exercise first. And I'm like, well, that's terrible. No, I can. I want my cake without the pain mm. like, and the why? guilt. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I, I want my cake. Period. Right. Like, why are there? You know, that, so, yeah, I, it's what I'm always talking about, right? We don't have to earn no, our exactly. food. You yeah, can yeah. enjoy a piece of cake because you're a human mm -hmm. and it's yummy and it's pleasurable mm -hmm. and often it's celebrating great things, right? But even if it isn't, we can enjoy your cake. Just eat it mindfully and listen to your body. But even that little example, and this is a huge celebrity that I'm sure have put that message out there. And she even came up with a T-shirt, I believe, that says no pain, no cake. It is diet culture. Oh, 100%. And it's, it's so subtle that we might not mm -hmm, notice yeah. that the message is the cake. You're not worth to eat that cake right. just because you like and enjoy the cake. And you can put a spoonful of cake and that's pleasure for me. Right. Chocolate cake gives me pleasure. That, same. No, same. Not strawberry or st chocolate. Uh, me too. I actually have, a, my family knows I kind of have a... Uh, uh, the one food rule that I have is if it's going to be dessert, it has to have chocolate in it or else what's the point? <laughs> but you did hit the nail on the head talking about how it's subtle. Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem with mm -hmm. so many diet culture messages is that they're so subtle and so ingrained that we may just not even pick up on the fact mm -hmm. that they're actually toxic diet culture and not helping us. Right. They're actually harming you in many ways. Okay, next one is zoom out. So, and what I mean by that is zoom out to look at the patterns of your eating overall instead of getting hung up on, mm -hmm. oh, but I got to put this quote unquote superfood in my meal or, <laughs> ah, you know, I, I, where does superfood even come from? Like uh, marketing, it's marketing. Superfood. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not a thing. All foods have right. important nutrients. All foods are super. <laughs> right. Um, so does this has to do when, with when you talk about most of the time yes. when you zoom out, uh -huh. yes. see right. the bigger picture, mm -hmm. what are you doing most of the time? It's not the little piece of bread that you had. It's not, yes. you know, not focusing on the super tiny Absolutely. moments, but the bigger picture. Yeah, because I learned that from you mm -hmm. and I love it because mm -hmm. it, it takes so much pressure out of it when you focus on what are you doing most of the time? It doesn't yeah. have to be all the time, every single second to the perfection. No. Right, absolutely. And it's helpful both ways, right? If you're looking at it and thinking, well, yeah, most of the time I'm not really probably making mm -hmm. helpful food choices or mm -hmm. I'm not listening to my body. Well, then that's a that's great feedback that you might want to make a shift, right? Correct. But if most of the time you're doing pretty good with those things and then you have a piece of cake or you have a sandwich, yes. I mean, you can have a sandwich right. most of the time, I would argue, but sometimes somebody might have a sandwich and get really freaked out about the carbs, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Zoom, that Sounds is like absolutely good. Good energy for the body. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely what I mean by zooming out. And then the last one is, I think, be meal ready. Because that's a that's a roadblock to making supportive choices. If you're just winging it all mm -hmm. the time, then you're gonna probably make 
game day decisions that don't feel very good in your body or don't really support your body the way that you would like. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be complicated. But you need some sort of plan to be meal ready, which we did just record yeah. an episode yeah. on that recently. So we'll be sure to link to it. That's definitely one of the harder things for me. I, I was mm-hmm. just thinking that. That's the hardest one for me, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to do a workshop on that, an in-person Ooh, workshop. Yes. I would love that. I'll come. Yes. Yeah. yes, it is something that a lot of people struggle with. So if you're working with me, if I'm your dietitian, and if I'm not, and you would like me to be, please send me an email through the, the show notes, and we should talk. But... These are the elements that I look at when I'm building a nutrition plan for my clients. Is so let's does it check all these boxes. Okay, let, I'm gonna try my memory here. Okay. So flexibility. Uh huh. Inclusion. Correct. Mm-hmm. Zoom out. Correct. Addition. Addition. Yeah. Pleasure. Yes. Meal Pleasure. ready. Yeah. Yay, you guys got them. Okay. Okay, so that is what I look for in building nutrition programs. Now, I do want to just touch on if you're on an intuitive eating journey. So how do you know where to jump in and, and whether you're ready to start applying these? So the first thing I would say is... If you're someone that already has a pretty solid, healthy relationship with food, then yeah, you can just jump in with gentle nutrition. Maybe you just don't know, hey, I'm concerned about my heart health and I want to know which foods or eating patterns would best support that. Or Wait, how do I know if I have a healthy relationship with my food? Thank you for asking. It's exactly what we're going to get to. Oh. <laughs> Man, we are just on it today. I with know. Our thing. I'm, I'm just. I feel like I could excuse myself, and you guys maybe could do this. It's just because I want to know. I don't even know if I have a healthy relationship. So I want to. Yeah. Know. Well, so I just okay. wanted to make the point that if you know you already feel great about food in general, it doesn't cause you stress, guilt, anxiety, or not constantly jumping in and out of diets mm. or feeling frustrated, then you you can jump in straight to nutrition. If you don't have a healthy, supportive relationship with food, jumping in at this point is maybe not the most helpful. There are exceptions. Yeah. If someone does have a medical condition, we might weave these principles in earlier in the intuitive eating journey specifically. But here are some things that you can ask yourself if you aren't sure about your relationship with food. So Maria, this will be helpful for you. Okay. Um, Or if you're on the intuitive eating journey, you've been doing the healing process, this will kind of give you a glimpse of, am I ready for this? So the first one is just, do I have a lot of food rules? Do I have a lot of rules about what I think I'm supposed to eat? Am I worried about, for example, you know, uh, that I shouldn't be eating carbs or avocados have too much fat or mm-hmm. I can not eat, you know, before 11 a.m. or any of those types of food rules. Do you have uh, do you have a lot of them? Or if you're further on the intuitive eating journey, have you broken up with those rules? The next one might be, do you have a peaceful relationship with all foods. So in other words, do you trust yourself to go buy any food you want, keep it in your pantry and know that you can eat it in a way that feels good? Or are you thinking, Maria, you're shaking your head. Um, are you, do you have fear foods, ones you just don't trust yourself with, ones that you just quote unquote always overeat and can't, you know, control yourself around or it feels that way? Maria, any thoughts on that? You're shaking your head very aggressively. <laughs> Sugar is one for me. Mm. 
Tell like, me, what like about it? It can get out of control, and I don't want it in my house because I have kids. We've talked about this. Yeah. And it's like sugar and my kids together is like an atomic bomb that makes me so anxious. Yeah. Because they could eat sugar all day, and in my brain, if they're eating only sugar, they're not getting the nutrition, and they're mm -hmm. going to get sick, and I'm not feeding them well, and it's a whole thing I need to work on. Yeah, so that does, that is a clue that there's more to unpack about your relationship mm -hmm. with sugar, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And also, you're right, if they only ever ate sugar, that wouldn't right. be healthy for them, but would they be likely to do that if they had plenty of access to it yeah. and there was certain type of messaging about it versus others and mm -hmm. so things that we think about mm -hmm. uh, the next one is am I able to eat all foods without guilt or stress so do I feel stressed out and guilty if I have a cupcake or if I have bread if so you may not be ready to jump into gentle nutrition view all foods as morally or emotionally equivalent so are you attaching moral value to food or your eating I'm so good today because I only had a salad for lunch or, oh, I was so bad this weekend. I, you know, went to a restaurant and ordered X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. That would be another That's question. That's a hard one, I feel like. Mm -hmm. The morality of food is so commonplace that it's yes. hard to, like, even get that, like, terminology out of your vernacular, you know? It can be hard. It's it can really slip back in. But it's so important because if you're attaching moral value to food, First of all, it just could cause stress and anxiety. Oh, That's yeah. not helpful around right. your food choices. <laughs> the world is anxious enough. We do not need to add food stress to it. <laughs> right. But also think about it. If you're in your head worrying about that, mm -hmm. you're not in your body listening to how it feels. Yeah. And it's something that if you're worrying about it, you are worrying about it because we deal with food every single day, several times a day. Yeah. So if it's a trigger of stress, you're exposed to it almost 24-7. Yeah, which actually is why I think it is so amazingly beautiful when people heal their relationship with food. It shows up in your life in a million different ways all the time. So it's yes. really, really impactful. Yes, it's not so. just yeah. about the food on your plate. Mm -hmm. It's how you show up and experience the world and being that's in really it, powerful. doing all the things. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's like, can you tell I'm like lighting up right now? <laughs> because that's why I'm so passionate about it. It changes everything mm -hmm. if you have a healthy relationship with food. Yes. Especially if you don't currently have one and you learn how to get there. Am I able to view my body shape or size neutrally? In other words, am I really... Am I looking at all of my food decisions through the lens of, is this going to make me gain or lose weight? Mm -hmm. If so, it's that's a sign that there's a lot of healing to do in your relationship with food, and it may be really difficult to jump in there at Gentle Nutrition and have it be you know, flexible and inclusive and pleasurable and all the things we talked about at the beginning. And then the last one is just a really great question you can ask yourself specifically if you're on the intuitive eating journey and you're not sure, is am I interested? Because a lot of times people will reach out to me and say, I actually have one woman in my group right now. She, um, she's been trying 
to work through intuitive eating on her own for a while. And it's really common for people to say, I'm just getting stuck at the gentle nutrition place. Like I'm having trouble doing it. I don't know. I don't know why it's not going well. And that's a really common place for people to, to jump in and start working with me on the journey as well. And it's a lot of times because they don't know the answer to this question, which is, am I interested in incorporating gentle nutrition for my health and well-being? Or am I doing this because I think it's going to change the shape or size of my body? Right. Mm -hmm. Can you separate the two? That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. What'd you guys learn about non-diety nutrition? What's your takeaway? I think my main takeaway is that it's just so flexible that whatever you need to, whatever you feel like eating, you know, can be included. With attunement to your body and its cues and how you want to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. 100% that. Mm-hmm. Mine is that how gentle the messaging can be out there and not noticing that or assimilating that messaging, like no pain, no cake. Kind yeah, of how thing. subtle the messaging how can be. How subtle it can Sneaky. be. Mm-hmm. And two, that I have a lot more work to do. Because <laughs> the, every time I hear you talk, I'm like, oh, it's like a... It, I always have a takeaway. It's like I really need to listen to what I'm telling myself even more and work on that because it affects your day to day. That's why your message is so important. Yeah, because it's I think content. That too. Like listening to some of this, I'm like, oh, could I answer that question? Yes, mm-hmm. or do I have a little more work to do? Right. There's yeah. a couple areas where I think I could work on it. Yeah, and there's no shame in that, right? I mean. We're all learning and growing all the time and these things run deep and they are, our relationship with food is formed throughout our lifetime. So if you are Mm -hmm. trying to change it, it's going to take a long time and practice and patience and Mm -hmm. continued exploration. And we want to acknowledge that it can be hard. That is not a one, one, two, three step kind of thing. It takes a process and we understand it's not easy but it's so worth it Yeah, it brings a life change that we're going to appreciate forever. I'm so glad you said that because one thing as we close out that drives me crazy when people imply or think if I don't focus on weight loss, it means I'm letting myself go or I'm giving up. Mm-hmm. Uh, intuitive eating is way harder it's than hard. trying to follow mm-hmm. a diet. Mm-hmm. Healing your relationship with food is so much deeper and in many ways much harder work than just I'm going to just try to do the thing that somebody told me to do even though we all know that thing doesn't usually work it's like real work rather than just rules yeah it's like yeah and work that you have to do while all that subtle messaging is still super loud out there 100% which is why getting support can be really really powerful and finding your non-diet tribe So that's all for today, short and sweet, but hopefully really, really powerful. If you would like help um, with your nutrition or healing your relationship with food, please, please reach out. I would love to hear from you, chat with you about your goals, share how I may be able to help you. And thanks, ladies, for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with me outside of this podcast, you can find me on Instagram at coaching underscore therapist. 
I'm Elizabeth. You can find me at Elizabeth Harris Nutrition or in my Facebook group, Health and Healing with Intuitive Eating. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Tara DeLeon Fitness. Guys, if you loved this episode or any of our other episodes, we would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps us get the non-diet word out to the rest of the world. So please leave us a review. Yes, thank you. 